My name's Sam, alcoholic. And uh, my sobriety date is July 5th of 2007. Um, so earlier I talked about, uh, you know, my experience, uh, you know, four, really, you know, three, four, five, six. I touched on six briefly. Um, you know, I'm... Um, I'm actually really excited about this talk. I mean, I really like, uh, you know, I could tell my story and stuff like that, but it's like, um, you know, I, what happened to me when I woke up on July 5th of 2007 in a, in a hospital bed in Salt Lake City, uh, Utah, I had a, I woke up, I didn't know it at the time, it didn't, certainly didn't feel like it at the time, but I had woken up into a new life. And, uh, you know, and I believe at that moment that that process that, you know, comes to uh, fruition in the 12 steps, you know, that promise of the of the third step that I was reborn, I, I think began at that time. Now, it didn't feel like that. I mean, it was painful and terrible, but um, I, I believe. And this is the process that liberated me from that obsession that had driven me, you know, through sobriety, through drinking. I mean, that thing was always on me. And, and only through the 12 steps is that that been alleviated and um, you know I just I mean I'm so grateful for what Alcoholics Anonymous has done and I'm so grateful that it's simple you know I don't need to complicate it and um, you know but so anyway I, 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 I took that third step you know my life is no longer any of my business and now uh, you know four five six seven eight nine is how I clear clear out that channel and uh, you know and get going on a new way of life um, so, you know, briefly on, on six, um, you know, I, I really can't see my own defects of character. I really need, uh, you know, through the inventory process, I need this sponsor to point it out to me. Um, and, um, you know, I just, I need, I mean, my life, I need other people in it. And, uh, you know, I need people with a different perspective from mine. And, uh, and when I get some clarity on that stuff, my whole thing with uh, six is, is just becoming willing. You know, I remember the first time I did it, you know, it says, it's got those directions, you know, returning home, we find a quiet place for an hour, and, and then I turn the page on page 76, and it's like two paragraphs on six and seven. It's like, well, that was easy. You know, I said the prayer, I got up, I left, I went on my merry way. And, um, you know, six for me is, is, is prayer. It's, uh, you know, getting willing. It's not letting those defects of character drop below the horizon of my consciousness, you know, because I'll just forget about it, start running on old ideas and doing the same thing. And, and these defects of character really are, are things that are, when they're naturally aligned, you know, and this, in the 12 and 12 talks about this, when they're naturally aligned, they, um, you know, in God's, in, in how God wants them, they're assets. You know, my lust is the very thing that pr can produce you know, uh, you know, a new life, bring joy to people's, you know, uh, to my life, to, to a partner's life, you know, when it's confined in, you know, monogamous relationship, it builds relationships. Now my lust, when it reaches out and it touches other people, when it steps outside that relationship, then it's destroying relationships, you know, and so all this stuff is just bringing it back to where God wants it to be, and I, I'm not saying I'm as white as snow or anything like that, but I'll just get I'll get really specific on what what I'm t what I'm talking about here. So so six the sixth step is uh, for me 
it's it's just becoming willing it's praying on that stuff it's asking for the willingness you know every morning i wake up and i say the third step prayer i say the seventh step prayer i ask for these defects of character i have little note cards one of them and I, i'm going to talk about this because i mentioned that i had an inventory that was all self-pity and for me self-pity manifests in depression and um, i'm someone who was uh you know diagnosed a lot, you know, when I was drinking, before I was drinking, after I was drinking, in sobriety, in the treatment centers, you know, all that place, major depressive disorder and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, and today I'm free from that stuff. I mean, in fact, you know, it was like two days ago, I was so happy, you know, and it's just, I mean, I just overflowing with happiness and gratitude. You know, not so much right now because I have to look at you guys, but, um, you know, it's... <laughs> Um, so I have a card that I wrote. I was about nine years sober when I wrote this card, and it says reminder, colon, you know, and that's the two points, colon, <laughs> depression is not a diagnosis. It is self-pity. Get out of self and get with God. Depression today is your choice. And, um, and just doing that little thing, what that did, that course of action produced a result years later. It wasn't immediate. I, I would love this stuff. It was like, you know, I write the card, I read it, I uh, turn it over to God, and then I'm just, and then I just march off into the sunset, you know, happy as a clam. It doesn't work like that. So I, um, I started reading this card, and let me give you some backstory. Three, three years sober, I couldn't, I, I went through a bleak depression, black black depression. I wasn't afraid of killing myself or, or drinking again, but just black. I couldn't shower, you know, that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, I was smelly. I'd go to meetings smelly. Um, and, uh, you know, six years sober, I, I did think I was going to drink again. And from this, from this depression, I almost went, I wound up in the, the intake to a psych ward and they kicked me out because I didn't have any insurance. Um, and then at nine years sober, I'm at nine years sober, I've started two meetings. I'm sponsoring a handful of guys. I'm in AA commitments, you know, AA meeting every day, home group, active, active in Alcoholics Anonymous, and this, this stuff hits me. And, um, you know, it lays me on my, on my back, you know, every, every single day. And all I can do is, you know, really pray and, and that kind of stuff. And, and um, so what happened is I, I started taking this course of action. I started praying about this stuff, and I started taking the contrary actions in the seventh step. And uh, the seventh step for me, and in my experience, is, uh, is I step out into life and take contrary action tethered to God. And it was explained to me that the, uh, you know, the doctor you know, cuts out the, you know, the infection, he cleans the wound, he, you know, stitches back up the wound, he dresses the wound, he creates a place for healing to occur. But does he, cre does he heal it? No, God heals it. And much the same way that the farmer, you know, plants the seed, you know, you know, puts fertilizer on it, you know, tills the soil, removes the weeds, all that kind of stuff. But does the farmer grow the seed? No, God, God grows it. The farmer just made ready. So my, it's a commitment on me. The six and seven is a commitment on me to move outward towards where God, you know, it's another surrender. Am I willing to let God take me to the place that he wants me to be? Or am I willing to just stay stuck in self? And um, so this contrary action. And so what happened to me, it was specifically with this self-pity thing is I'm, I'm you know, this is never a good depression story. I was laying on my bed thinking about myself, 
And, uh, and what I caught was, uh, and this was huge for me, I caught that I get bored, like, easily. Like, really bored. I was diagnosed with, like, ADD and ADHD and all that kind of stuff when I was little. But I, I get bored, like, really interest, you know, really instantly. I could be talking to you and get bored. And what happens is I get bored, and then I turn around, and I look at myself. And I look at my own mind. And uh, I just, it's self-obsession. I get bored, and I get self-obsessed. And what happens is I just think myself, real rapidly, I'll think myself into this black depression, and then suddenly I look at my life, you know, it's all grayscale, you know, there's no meaning to the world, meaning has slipped out, and what's the point, you know, anyway, right? But what had happened was I saw it for the first time in my life, and when I can see it, now I can do something. So in that moment, what the contrary action is, and, and I'm not saying that I, you know, don't still struggle with, with this kind of stuff, I mean, it comes up. Uh, but it's a lot better, a lot better. I mean, uh, night and day difference. So what happens is that I see that come up, and I, and I turn my thoughts to God. You know, God, remove this. Direct my thinking to what you would have me. You know, direct my thinking. Thy will not mine be done. Direct me, and I'll follow. And I take the contrary action. I get up. I do, you know, what do I need to do? Do I need to go talk to someone? Do I need to go call someone? Do I need to go, you know, maybe it's an activity. Maybe I, I let my mind wander for a second. Do I need to get back right here, right now? And when I do that stuff, over time, that stuff lessens. And it, I mean, I have so many more examples with that stuff. I had a, uh, a I was dating a, a girl and I, you know, I loved her and, um, you know, and I, uh, um, I just took some action. I mean, it's, one of it was like this depression that I'm talking about. I went through this bleak, bleak depression, uh, you know, nine year, around nine years sober. And, uh, you know, and there was pornography use and all that kind of stuff. And, and it resulted in her breaking up with me. And uh, I had actually asked God the day before to, uh, you know, I'm done. I surrender this. You know, whatever you want with, with this, I'm done holding on to it. And I surrendered it. And, uh, and then the surrender, I mean, when you do that, it kind of, it kind of really hurts, you know, when you surrender something and it's taken away from you. And then like, you know, six hours later, you're like, wait, did I really want to surrender that? You know, and then it kind of hurts. Um, so anyway, um, the result of all this is, uh, I'd moved to Vegas. I'd come back and, um, you know, came back for a visit, and I was talking to my sponsor, and I had, there was so much separation between us. I mean, we, we'd walk into the same meeting, and it's like instantly I'd freeze up. You know, all this fear would consume me, this anxiety, all this stuff would consume me. And it, <clears throat> there was just all this separation. So I talked to my sponsor about it, and he goes, you know, do you love her? I said, yeah, and, I, and he goes, well, you got to go do something. It's like, I don't want to do that. You know, go tell her. And uh, so I went. I told her, I mean, full of fear. Uh, I do not want to do this. And uh, I went and I just took the contrary action. I left the result up to God. I took the contrary action. I, I went and I did it. And I just bared my heart. And she rejected me. And, um, you know, that hurt too. Um, and what happened, though, is I was in, uh, I was here for a friend's wedding. And so that was the next day or something like that. And I go to this wedding and I'm talking to my friend, this old childhood friend. Uh, you know, we were babies together, that kind of childhood friend. And, um, you know, she's seen me, you know, my whole life. 
And I'm talking to her, and I turn, I, I have an AA commitment I got to go do, and I turn, and I was driving back from, uh, you know, it was out at the coast. So I turn, and I walk away, and, you know, she turns to my mom, and she goes, that's a free man, you know, and no one, no one, I would not describe myself as a free man, but from doing that kind of stuff, I got free. And now, it, I mean, it, it, it happens to me, you know, where I'll just sit. I'm someone who's very dominated by what you think about me. And I've been like that my whole life. I want to be free from that kind of stuff. You know, I don't want to have you dominate me. And, um, and I've had times, you know, and pr very recent times where it's like, you know, I say something or I'm sitting in a meeting and I look around and it's like, it's not like a, it's not a, um, you know, uh, you know, oh, I don't care about what you think about me, that kind of sense. It's just like, I am like indifferent to your attitude towards me. It's like, I like me. You know, I hope you like me. If you don't, oh well. You know, and it was like, it's like total freedom from, from that stuff. And it's, I've only got it through pushing myself outside of my comfort zone in that seventh step. Tethering myself to God and then taking a step out, contrary action. And, uh, I mean, that's, that stuff cha has changed my sobriety. And I'm nowhere where I want to be. You know, I have defects of character that I'm working on today. Um, so, anyway, so I don't have a, you know, crazy, I always want a crazy ninth step amends thing. Maybe I'll just go create one. Um, that's sick. But um, uh, I don't have crazy kind of eight and nine step um, you know, stories. What I have is uh, it, it's an experience of the power of God working in my life. Um, you know, further demonstration of God's presence in my life. And that I can say today as a result of, of all the steps, but of specifically eight and nine, that there's a, the consciousness of my creator is there. You know, I know that there is a God. Um, so for me, you know, the seventh step, I write that list. Um, you know, I pull, I, I just, pull, I just follow the, the direction. I, I'm, this is, if you can read, or if someone can read to you, and tell you what to do, I mean, you're a free man. You, that's all. You, you, you just have to do it. You know, you don't have to comprehend why it's going to work, how it's going to work. None of that. You don't even have to feel like doing it. As long as you do it, you can be free. You know, and that, that's what I love about our, our, our program. That, and that's not why I'm a, I'm not, I'm not a, I'm a, I know the book. I, I believe that the program of Alcoholics Anonymous is the, in the first 164 pages, and all the rest is, uh, is fellowship. I need fellowship, and I need the presence of God in my life. And, uh, and I get that through the 12 steps. So anyway, so the eighth step is, um, you know, I just, I, I'm just praying for willingness, you know, and be prepared. You know, be prepared. This is my experience with, with the eighth step is, uh, you know, I start praying for willingness. This was, I don't, I can't remember how long sober I was, but, uh, you know, I had finished my first uh, eight step list. Maybe I was nine years sober, something like that. And, uh, you know, so I, I go through the step. I, I take an inventory again. I pull out some stuff that I had, I'd missed and um, on the eighth step previously. And, um, and, and it's this, it's this kid. I, I just have this memory of this kid who, uh, you know, we're maybe three, we're maybe in third grade. And, uh, you know, I'm going around, uh, we were playing kickball and I kicked a home run because, you know, I'm me. And um, 
I kicked a home run, I'm running around the bases, and he tries to trip me, and I jump over it, and I run home, and I, you know, I score my run, and then I turn, and I walk back out to him, and I just kicked him as hard as I could in the shin, he falls down crying, you know, I'm like in third grade, you know, I'm not like, uh, you know, just little kids doing that, but I felt terrible, because it was in front of everyone, and, uh, you know, and he's crying, and um, so anyway, this came up, and um, so... You know, I just started praying about it. And what happened, I haven't seen that kid since then. Um, and so about three weeks later, I pull in to get gas, and guess who's pumping the, you know, guess who's pumping the gas? You know, it's this kid. And I make this amends to him, this direct amends, you know, and of course it's like, you know, we were children, and that's fine. It's like, you know, that's always sat wrong with me, you know. And, uh, and he goes, you know, thanks for saying that. And, um, you know, I get my gas. And haven't seen him since. You know, I have not seen him since. Three weeks later, after writing that list, there he appears. <clears throat> the same thing with, um, I had a, a childhood friend. Um, her mom was a, uh, we were on some field trip. And to this day, I, I, I'd tell you if I knew what I did, but I don't know what I did. Um, we... Uh, we were on this field trip out to uh, Newport Beach or something like that. I can't remember what grade this was in, maybe sixth grade or something like that. And, uh, and I had done something on the back of the bus. I think I was, like, trying to touch some, you know, girl and, like, make out with her and, you know, touch her breasts. And uh, what? anyway, I guess the, the I got in so much trouble that they were going to call my mom and have her drive all the way out from Portland, Oregon in, to Newport Beach or, and, and, and pick me up. And, um, and I had to sleep next to this woman the whole time, my friend's mother. And, um, and so anyway, I, you know, lost contact. And this came up at the same time, right? So I start praying on that. And I pull into my house and, you know, and walking up the street, walking her dog is this woman, uh, you know, a few weeks after this. And, uh, you know, I, I do this quick little amends, you know, and of course she doesn't remember it at all. And, uh, you know, I haven't seen her since. And, you know, and time and time again, there's examples from my story that that, that happens. And that demonstrates to me the power of God. Um, you know, whatever you want to believe is whatever you want to believe. But for me to go through that, I mean, something is working here. And, um, you know, and I'll talk more about the ninth step with, like, my, you know, with my mother. I mean, I, that was someone who I snuck in, you know, and just, I mean, robbed her blind. I, I robbed that woman of a, of a son. I mean, so I ruined Christmas um, by getting drunk. And uh, I, I remember I'd gotten arrested or picked up by the police, not arrested, and um, for stealing beer uh, one time. And, uh, and instead of, uh, you know, coming... Uh, coming because I'm also a coward too. That's the other thing you might want to know about me. I'm, uh, you know, my friend took the rap, and uh, so anyway, I get a. She gets a phone call, and I remember the fate. I'm drinking a mimosa. You know, my whole family's drinking, and uh, and I remember her face just on the phone looking at me, and I mean that look of like utter disappointment, which I've seen a lot on her face when I was drinking, but utter disappointment that I am her son 
You know, someone who was, uh, I was a, a happy kid. You know, there's pictures of me with her, and it's clear that she loves me with all her heart. And what did I do to her? I just ripped it all out. And, uh, you know, I'd steal from her. You know, I'd, I'd call her, you know, uh, you know, an effing bee. I, you know, I'd call her the C, you know. I'd punch holes in her walls, you know, all that kind of stuff. And uh, I was just crazy. And, um, and that was before I ever discovered alcohol. And so anyway, I, uh, you know, I write this first, this first eight step and, uh, and it was, I was working with a man at the time. Uh, and I thank God for his direction where it's, you don't make direct amends until you've amended the behavior. And, um, so what that looked like with my mom was, uh, I, I asked her, I called her and I asked her, I was living away from her, and uh, I, I, call, I called her and I asked her how much she wanted me to, to hear from me. And she told me she wanted to hear from me at least twice a week. So I picked Wednesday and a, and a Sunday, and I called, her, I called her every week on Wednesday and Sunday for two years before I ever sat down to make a direct amends. And when I did sit down to make that direct amends, um, it was to all that stuff had been totally repaired when I sat down to make that direct amends, you know. And she's uh, she's a member of Alcoholics Anonymous as well, so she took the opportunity to, to make an amends with me. And she's she was bursting in tears, you know, crying about about that. And uh, you know, and just I mean, this was just I I have countless examples, I mean, you know, she's a mother, so she's going to be proud of me, but I called her, you know, <laughs> I called her when I, I called my sponsor first when I was, uh, you know, about two weeks ago, I got that new, they, you know, they pronounced me doctor, and, um, you know, not any kind of, you know, useful doctor, but uh, <laughs> they, uh, so I called my sponsor, and he said, you know, you're a long way from where you were in the, uh, the hospital bed in Salt Lake City. I said, yeah, that's true. And he goes, he goes, you're becoming the person that God wants you to be. And, uh, and the next person I called was my mom. And I told her that that had happened. And she started crying. And um, I'm going to start crying. Um, how, how'd the retreat go? Well, I started crying in front of 60 men. Yeah, it was great. Um, so I called her. And um, she started crying. And she said, I'm so proud of you. And, uh, you know, and it's just, I mean, that's a woman that looked at me, like, with utter disgust. And, uh, you know, that stuff has been prepared. And, and part of the other thing that I do with uh, her is I let her be a mom. And I don't let her, I, it's not my ideas of who I want her to be. I let her be who she wants to be. And let her, so a lot of the time, that's me being, you know, embarrassed you know, when she's, you know, trying to show her love. And, uh, you know, I'm not a guy that really is, you know, good at navigating that kind of tough, you know, I love you, you know, all that kind of stuff. I mean, I had a sponsor for years that told you, told me I love, he goes, I love you. And it's like, all right, guy, like, see ya. And, uh, you know, and I just, I'm not good with that. And so I let her be who she wants to, uh, you know, who she wants to be, and, um, you know, I'm, uh, it's, it says on page uh, 83, so this is after 
all the direction and you know what will happen and it's before the ninth step promises it says uh, on page 83 it says the spiritual life is not a theory we have to live it and uh, you know my sponsor's big on uh, on you know God reliance it's God reliance um, and uh, you know he often says and this is so true in my life he often says that I get drunk in the material world, um, you know, in the material world, I, I'll get drunk, but I can live in the spiritual world. And, um, you know, and I probably mess that up as well. Sorry if you're listening to this. Um, but I, uh, I mean, that's so true. I mean, uh, of myself, I'm nothing. You know, the Father doeth the work. I cannot do this stuff. You know, I cannot walk through fear. I can, it just, it blocks me from the world. I cannot do that. I had an amends, um, you know, an, another amends um, where, uh, you know, it wasn't, it was just like ego stuff. I, uh, you know, I paid back some money. I, I'd gone to, you know, some, some kind of bigger ones. And this was this one that was just lingering there that I just didn't want to make. And it was just, it's like a pathetic one. And um, I, uh, it was a childhood, it was my best friend from childhood, you know, er, my, like my first best friend. And, uh, you know, just one day we're standing there and I just pushed him off his bike and uh, laughed at him and he ran home crying. And I never talked to him again. I'd see him in the halls at school, just, you know, shun him, right? And, uh, you know, and that's, it's, that's not like a, you know, I don't have any of those like, you know, I shot the man or I stuck a you know, I stuck it, I opened up his, uh, you know, I opened up his chest with a knife, and then I went back to him and made him, I don't have, that's not my story. Um, I told you I was pathetic, I mean, and so anyway, I, I just, I don't want to make this amends, and finally my sponsor, um, you know, kind of pushes me on it, and, uh, you know, and there he is, um, and I knock on his door, he's not there. I go to where he works, he's not there. And I do this over a few, a few days. And finally, I go to an AA meeting, I come out, I'm, I'm at dinner, I'm talking to some friends, I turn and I see him, he's right there. I walk up to him and I, you know, I, I do this amends. And, um, you know, he just sits there and listens. It's almost as if he doesn't know me, but he's sitting there and listening and he goes, and your name's Sam, right? And it's like the guy had totally forgotten, forgotten it. But this stuff will dominate me. This stuff will lead me back to a drink. Um, and I need, to, I need to clear that stuff away. And I've had, you know, I've had other times working with a sponsor where it's like he'll just cross names off the list because I just feel guilty about something, you know, and, and it, there's no harm done. And, um, you know, and that's why I got to be clear. I, I got to be clear because uh, I've been on the re receiving end of a, you know, an amends that'll cause more harm and injury. And, uh, man, that was, uh, wow, that's a lot of harm. You know, uh, an, a, a, a kind of botched amends. And, um, you know, and she was doing the best she could, but, uh, you know, I don't know. But, I mean, talk about a gut punch. You know, talk about someone ripping out your heart. And, um, you know, I just sat there stunned, and I eventually go, did your sponsor tell you to do that? And she goes, yeah. And it's like, I said, you should fire your sponsor. 
you know. And uh, so I gotta be, re I gotta work with the sponsor. I gotta let the sponsor know that I'm going. This is what I'm gonna do. And if I find myself knocking on the door and there's that little tinge of, uh, you know, resentment or something still lingering, I better, I better turn around, you know. Uh, I gotta really want to do something different because, a, you know, a little sweet sorry again is not going to cut it with some of the way I've, I've been treating people. Um, so that's, I mean, that's my experience with, uh, you know, eight and nine. I really saw when I pushed into this stuff, I really saw God working in my life. Those things that I, I looked at, how am I ever going to make that amends? You know, they show up two months later. That person just walks across me in the street. You know, the, I see the person just turn around in the grocery store. And it's like, there I am. And what, how can that happen? Like the coincidence, there is no coincidence. But if you think about how all that stuff, we were talking earlier about looking up at the sky. You know, the, you know the, looking at the stars. And thinking about how infinite all that is. The universe and how finite my mind is. And how I can't quite grasp that. And I think about that stuff with these amends. How does that work? How does, you know, she's driving 80 miles an hour and I'm driving 60 and then we, she stops here and then she's over here and then we're together. And then, and then I make, and then I can present that amends. Um, so I'm, uh, that was the stuff that really convinced me of this and uh, you know and I'm I, I can say today that now I'm a blackout drinker so there might be stuff you know that I don't know about but as far as what's con what I consciously know about there's no separation between me and another person right now and uh, when I came in here there was separation between me and everyone you know every single person that I'd come across I'd used or stolen something from. And, uh, but today, there's no separation. Now there's some money, because I went through a lot of years of school, there's some money that needs to be paid back eventually, and I, I hope to, <laughs> to do that. But uh, as far as people are concerned, I'm not, I'm not concerned with who's coming, you know, who's coming behind me. You know, I'm not looking over my shoulder. None of that kind of stuff. And I clean all that stuff up in that 10th step. And um, so it says on uh, page 84, I'm just going to read, I, I love the 10th step, and I love what it talks about. So on page 84, it says, we have entered the world of the spirit. Our next function is to grow in understanding and effectiveness. This is not an overnight matter. It should continue for our lifetime. Continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. When these crop up, we ask God at once to remove them. We discuss them with someone immediately and make amends quickly if we have harmed anyone. Then we resolutely turn our thoughts to, to someone who we can help. Love and tolerance of others is our code. And um, I, was, uh, I was totally incapable of living life. I mean, I just, I just, I was baffled baffled by it. And le I mean, leaving aside the drink, I was totally baffled by life. Um, I was confronted on a daily basis with my inability to, 
to live life. And, um, you know, and what I've found through the 12 steps and this way of life is, is, is a way of life that works. And, um, you know, so my experience with the 10 step, you know, I, when I got up this morning, I turned my will and my life over to God. Uh, you know, I did a little prayer meditation. I looked at my day. Uh, I did some spiritual readings. And in uh, and, and my belief, um, you know, when my hand hits that door to go out in the world, um, you know, I got some con conscious contact with my creator this morning. And when I open that door and go out into the world, the 10 steps on. And um, I'm, uh, you know, my problem seems to be, and it's, I, I mean, it says it on the next page. And I have, the, I have this written, I wrote this in my first big book, on the very first page. Um, we are not cured of alcoholism. What we have is a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. And, uh, you know, and that's it. I mean, the only time that I'm going to drink again is if I'm not in fit spiritual condition. I mean, that's it. The, that's the only time I'm going to drink again. And if I just do these simple little things, if I just filter my day through the 12 steps, what happens is, is that stuff's held at bay. And, um, you know, I'm placed in that pos position of neutrality like the 10 step talks about. Um, but when, I, when my hand hits the door and I go out into the world, what happens is these worldly clamors, you know, Bill's, Bill talks about that uh, in his story, these worldly clamors, mostly those within myself. So what happens is I go out in my day and uh, this conscious separation comes about. And it's my job to get back into conscious contact. And there's, you know, very simple things. I continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. And watch. I mean, that's a big, big, you know, that's a tall, tall order. There's been times in my sobriety, like I, what I was just mentioning with the, uh, when I was talking about six and seven with that, you know, the self-pity that escalates into, you know, full-blown black depressions. I'm also someone that's, uh, you know, I'm very, uh, you know, I, I can get very anxious. I'm a very anxious kind of guy. I'm, I'm very prone towards that. And, uh, you know, my life, um, I can go in the world and start thinking about self. And what happens is self gets on self. And uh, it's me on me. And what happens is I get separated from you. And suddenly it looks as if the world, I'm apart from everyone. And I'm outside everyone. And I'm looking in once again. And what the solution was for that was a drink. So the 10 step for me, it, it allows me through those set of directions to pry self off of self and um, you know and so watching for this um, selfishness this dishonesty resentment and fear going through my day and when I get, when I recognize that it's it's all predicated on my awareness of what's happening but when I recognize that something's come up that I'm suddenly dishonest and I'm I'm not someone that's like you know uh, everything that comes out of my mouth is honest. You know, it's like I, I still struggle with dishonesty. Um, but I'm, uh, if I watch for that stuff, and I can, I, I can get to a point too where it's like, you know, I had this, uh, I was talking to someone the other day and it, it kind of like got out of hand and uh, I ended up yelling at him. 
And, uh, but I thought it was justified. I mean, you know, justified anger, you know, you're pushing back at me, you know, do unto others as you would have them do unto you, you know, you kind of walked into it, and uh, I'm just pushing back. And, uh, you know, and I looked at that, and I sat with it, and I saw that it was, it was the resentment, it was the fear, it was the fear that someone's, because I'm not someone that likes to be dominated, and, um, and I felt like at that moment I was. I, I felt that I was intellectually dominated, and it touched my pride. And, um, you know, and so I, I sat with it. I called another person about it, you know, and I, I asked God to remove it, to direct my thinking. And then the next day, when I've calmed down, because I love, I mean, when I first started doing this stuff, it would be like I'd get in an argument, and then I'd just go back, right back and go, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. You know, and then, but I was still heated on that. So I give it some time now. I wait and until uh, everything's settled and I can approach it sanely. And I called him and I made that amends. You know, the way I treated you was inappropriate. Nobody deserves that. You know, what can I do to make this right? And, um, you know, so I don't know. I mean, the 10 step really, it just. It's the thing that gets in there and pries me off of, off of me. And that uh, the discuss them, discuss it with someone immediately. I prefer alcoholics because you have shared experience. Um, you know, I'm someone who, uh, you know, oftentimes has a problem come up and I'll call someone else about it. And their, their experience with that is, is a lot worse than mine. And we can laugh about it. You know, and it's that, again, it's that identification with another person that, that transforms me, that it, get, it gets me off of myself, it gets me outside, isol you know, outside of myself, and it, and it really, um, you know, it, it, it gets me, the loneliness is gone, you know, because often I'll think, I'll do something, and I think, you know, there's that first, the, the first, you know, stab or, or uh, wound of, I shouldn't have done that. And then there's, it's followed by the second stab of, I'm 10 years sober, I'm 12 years sober, I shouldn't be acting this way. You know, so it's like the guilt, and then another one, you know, and then the twist of the knife. And, uh, you know, and calling another member of Alcoholics Anonymous, preferably someone with more time and more experience than me, really, it really opens that stuff up. And, um, you know, and then turning my thoughts to someone that I can help, getting out and getting and working for the new needs of the newcomer, and I'll talk about this tomorrow. I mean, 12-step stuff is like where I, my, my life became transformed doing 12-step stuff. But getting outside myself and going to another person and helping another person, you know, it gets me off me. And that's the problem. That's the, that's the reason why I'm in this situation. And what I found with that stuff is that when, I'm, when I throw myself into working for the needs of the newcomer, when I throw myself into Alcoholics Anonymous, when I press down on that stuff, these problems that I think I have, they die of neglect. And, um, you know, and it's just, I mean, it's magic what happens in Alcoholics Anonymous. And um, so I've talked your heads off enough. You guys all look very, very sleepy. And... Uh, it was probably the warm milk. It certainly wasn't my sonorous voice. So thanks so much. <laughs>